And so really what you want to try to identify is the sweet spots for improving the insured experience, improving the vendor experience, improving the, the carrier experience, reducing costs as much as you can for you know any one of those and streamlining the process. And wherever that, you know, wherever those circles overlap, that's where you need to spend your time energy and effort. Great. So I'm pleased today to have with me Tim Christ. He's the VP of Growth at Climatic. Welcome, Tim. Thanks, Josh. I appreciate you having me on. So um, <clears throat> for the benefit of the audience, uh, for those who don't know you, maybe you could give a little bit of background and uh, tell us a little bit about your history and how you uh, moved into this role with Climatic. Sure, happy to. <clears throat> so, you know, kind of like a lot of folks in insurance, uh, I definitely didn't seek it out. I, I fell into it. Um, but I started back in the in the. If some folks are you know twenty years or more in here, they'll remember the Texas mold days. So I got hired by a firm called Rimkus Consulting Group as an engineering technician. We started doing just a bunch of these mold investigations that were you know popping up by the hundreds and thousands back then. Decided to to make a shift from from Rimkus to another firm called LWG Consulting, which did a lot of the same stuff, but more in the industrial space. Became a part of that ownership team, and we sold to private equity in 2014. Uh, was able to let you know come back home, take some time off, you know, to be a good dad, and then you know was looking for an opportunity to get back in the insurance business. I wasn't didn't realize how much I would miss it uh, when when I when I got out of it. But uh, but Claymatic uh, called me up and said, hey, we're looking for somebody that can kind of help you know usher in the next phase of growth, and we really need an insurance expert that understands claims. And I said, well, I definitely understand claims, and so yeah, I've been here you know nine months so far, and we we brought on some new clients, and and it's it's really a lot of fun. So. So let's talk a little bit more about Claymatic and um, kind of uh, maybe a little bit of history and where it fits into the overall insurance and insurtech landscape. Yeah, so you know, Claymatic's got a really interesting story. <clears throat> it was it was insurtech before insurtech was even a word. So the, uh, the the Claymatic tool has actually been around for about a decade. So there was an independent adjusting firm called IAS Claims that was growing their footprint from a Texas operation to a national operation. And, and part of the challenge with that is obviously developing your technological infrastructure. And so, you know, when one of their major carriers would call them and say, hey, I've got 4,000 claims for this CAT event, uh, get them, you know, get them assigned to your field resources, <coughs> go, that was a huge bottleneck. And so they created an algorithmic software that basically said, here's all the claims that are coming in, here's the, the relevant data points that we need to know to assign them, and then we build out all of our resource data. So we've got 6,000 adjusters, and we know they're licensed in Texas, Louisiana, or whatever it is, and they're wind certified, they're flood certified, their estimating authority is 50,000 or 100,000. Here's what their backlog is, here's how many claims they've been assigned this week, here's what their PTO schedule is, <clears throat> here's where they're physically located because of the GPS in their phones, and all of those two or three dozen questions that you have to answer in order to do proper triage and assignment was simply built into an, an algorithmic system. And so as IAS claims was showing it to their carrier partners to say, hey, here's how we do your work faster, better, cheaper than our competition. A couple of carriers said, hey, I really like that piece of code that you guys have written. Can we have it? And so that was really the genesis of Claymatic. So Claymatic was spun out as a standalone company in 2015 um, and really with direct carrier involvement built out version two, you know, down 2.5 of, of the product um, to provide some additional functionality that was really needed by the carriers. But now carriers are using it to both manage their internal resources as well as their external vendors. And so when, you know, when you look at the results, what it achieves, 
it's pretty dramatic when you think about you know what happens from first notice of loss to adjust your contact can be a three or four day process historically we've condensed that to four hours so you know there's been a lot of discussion in the industry about user experience and you know so that could be a policyholder or it could be um you know someone sitting in a call center who's uh handling claims or other things like that so i mean would you say that that you know the sort of primary driver of your value prop is is sort of that user experience piece or or is there more to it i mean at the end of the day the primary driver is is cycle time so ultimately that improves the kind of across the spectrum but um we really think about claims as, as really kind of a you know the if you see the connected circles you know a th a three circles that are interconnected so one is the obviously the policyholder which in you know my presentations i talk about you know and i've had a number of claims in my life so if as we as policyholders if we experience a claim we sign up for a 16-step process that we never knew existed the day before and that's really you know, time intensive and stressful and everything else. So there's just a whole intensity on the policyholder side. But so that's one ring. The second ring is the adjusters, right? And the internal insurance folks, because frankly, those folks, they've been stuck in a swivel chair activity for the last 25 years. So they grab data from this system and from this system, and from this system and input into, into a fifth or sixth or seventh system and sometimes rekey it six or seven times, you know, and Darren McCarthy, uh, VP of claims there at Hippo has said that 65% of adjusters time is spent on clerical activities. And so, you know, I don't think any adjuster signs up with the idea that 65% of their time is going to be spent on clerical. So let's, let's give them time back in the day to do the stuff that they really like to do. And then, you know, the third concentric circle is the vendors. You know, there's a, obviously there's a huge vendor pool out there that manages these claims on behalf of the carriers every day. And so really what you want to try to identify is the sweet spots for improving the insured experience, improving the vendor experience, improving the, the carrier experience, reducing costs as much as you can for you know any one of those, and streamlining the process. And wherever that you know wherever those circles overlap, that's where you need to spend your time, energy, and effort. So that's <clears throat> that's really kind of where our solution sits. Is because it's it's easy to implement for the carrier, which is obviously a benefit, but it speeds up the entirety of the process behind the scenes, and so it, it makes everybody's life better. Yeah, that's great. And 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 so um, again on the on the sort of personal side, um, maybe you could share some insights. If there are people who are, you know, maybe having worked in 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 certain areas of sort of the service side of the industry, but maybe they want to get into technology in some way, um, would you have any advice or guidance? Because it seems like that's kind of a a transition you've made, um, and 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 kind of how those skills might translate or. You know how you how you leverage sort of you know past experience to to move into new areas. Yeah, no, I mean I think I mean the nice thing is for people that maybe want to make the transition is obviously the insure tech landscape is exploding, right? I mean there's new there's new companies getting being opened up all the time, and so there's a there's absolutely a serious need for good claims technical expertise or good insurance expertise in the insure tech arena. Um, I think, you know, the, the challenge for folks is, is really connecting the dots, right? So <clears throat> I think spending, spending the time to sit down and do the exercise of what is it that I, that I know a lot about? What is it that I'm really passionate about? And then investigating the different companies that are out there to say, you know, in what markets are they playing or, you know, what specifically are they doing in what particular space? And 
trying to develop sort of a top 10 list of here's the companies that I believe I probably add most value to, even if I don't know anything else about them than what I can research publicly. And then starting to, you know, connect with folks on LinkedIn or reach out to, you know, your network and say, hey, do you know anybody in these top 10 companies or are you are you a client of theirs or things of that nature? Because and obviously insurtechs are trying to publicize their client list as best they can. So if you if you see somebody that, you know, oh, hey, they work, you know, Farmers is their client. You know, somebody at Farmers obviously connecting with them and saying, how has their product or service benefited you or that kind of thing. But spending the, spending the energy to do the research and then do the due diligence to figure out, you know, I think a lot of folks, you know, I mean, some people just want a job, but some people really want to have a mission and, and a purpose. And so if if it's a really if it's a really neat company that has a super, super high purpose, then that I think that really connects emotionally with folks. Um, and I think that's a better even cold intro. I mean, you could reach out to the CEO and say, hey, I've done a, quite a bit of research on your company. And, you know, here's what I understand that y'all's, you know, that y'all really try to do for the industry. Here's what my background is. And I believe there'd really be an opportunity to add some value to your team. And, you know, I bet if you do that with those 10 companies and you reach out to four or five or six people within those companies, you're going to get a half dozen or so conversations out of it. And even if it's not the right fit for one, I mean, the, you know, the old sales game of, you know, if you get if you have 10 conversations, one or two are going to buy. <laughs> so, right. so all you got to do is have 10 conversations. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, if, if you end up with one or two or three opportunities as a result of that, then you can make your make your selection and do some further due diligence on the culture and the team and the leadership and, you know, all the internal stuff that you want to make sure to align yourself with and then and then make a good selection for yourself. But uh, but, yeah, I would absolutely go through that exercise. But, yeah, there's. I mean, there's plenty of opportunity in the market, so without a doubt, um, there's if, if if that's the direction you want to go, um, by all means, you know, take a look at it. Uh, where 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 do you see sort of the biggest innovations uh, coming in claims, and 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 maybe where do you see claims, you know, headed in 2021 and and beyond with kind of the insure tech revolution? Hopefully, you're in a carrier that at least has some sort of innovation department, you know, and some of the carriers I, I know now are actually doing rotational, you know, pieces through. So you can go work in innovation for six months or 18 months or whatever the deal is. So I'd absolutely try to, you know, try to broaden your horizons. I think, you know, just like what I did with the engineering companies, the more you know about the overall business, the more valuable you become as an individual. And so if you're, you know, if you're just in, you know, in one subset area of claims, but there's an opportunity in a, an adjoining group, you know, try to try to make that even if it's a lateral move. <clears throat> Again, you know, the more cross uh, cross pollinization that you can have of, of of expertise, elevate your skill set. You know, for any future opportunities. And then, but you know, but if you're a subject matter expert in one particular niche area, then there's I, I I'd almost guarantee there's probably you know a half dozen technologies that some somehow play in that arena. So just go out and do the research and figure out who those players are. And, you know, maybe it's an opportunity for you to bring those, you know, vendors in to, you know, help improve y'all's overall process in that particular arena. And then what you'll find a lot is, you know, you bring, you know, especially if you're in a big carrier, if you bring a vendor in and now they've got a, you know, multi-million dollar deal or whatever it is, a lot of times that vendor is then going to want to poach you and, you know, take you and have you kind of be the champion for them to to go talk to the next seven different, you know, companies. So you could absolutely... You know, not that it's necessarily a planned event, but you can absolutely springboard your expertise and you know, and and connections from an internal role to an external role. Or, I mean, you even see in the in the you know in the market these days. I'm sure you know, Josh, with the executive search work you do. I mean, there's carriers that run an initiative in one company and then get hired by another company to go run a very very similar initiative, right? <clears throat> or they're a 
they're a director level here, but they've got all the right expertise. So they get a VP opportunity at another company, and then they get a SVP opportunity at another company, and then they get an EVP opportunity at another company. Right. So you can absolutely continue to 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 jump and, and move you know move north in your in your career path um, if if that's what you so desire. So. All right, great. One last thing. I know you're not on here to uh, plug your book, but I do know you have a book. Uh, any chance you want to uh, just talk about that? Because I do think it has some overlap with our conversation today. Yeah, so uh, I <clears throat> wrote a book in 2018 called Becoming a World-Class Expert, The Business of Forensic Engineering. It's really an insurance and claims book. So it's a, it's a series of case studies of all, all claims that we investigated um, globally. And we we use the case study to tie back concepts of insurance, and you know, it's a what what I've been told. It's a it's a very easy read. It takes a couple hours. It's about 150 pages, um, but you can you know pull out whatever sections of it you want. Um, but we talk about all different lines of claims, uh, from cyber to property to <clears throat> mechanical, and um, really the the focus of the book was just to help people get a better, broader understanding of what goes on both nationally and internationally, just about insurance in general. And so, you know, hopefully folks find it not only entertaining, but also educational. And yeah, happy to share a courtesy copy with any of your listeners. If they just, you know, ping me an email, happy to, to send them a courtesy copy of the book. Um, and yeah, would just love to, to share the knowledge with anybody that's that's open to reading it. Okay, great. Well, thanks for that. Uh, appreciate the offer. And again, it's uh, Tim Chris, VP of Growth at Claymatic. And thanks for being on. Appreciate you, Josh.